0: Hello, welcome back to Immature Politics with me, Terry Wang.
1: And me, Cooper Smith.
0: So today we'll be talking about Russian collusion. And as much as I would like to talk about Mr. I cry during my Senate hearing, Kavanaugh, um, I, I guess we'll have to talk about Russian collusion to stay on schedule. Even though the recent events have been very interesting, wouldn't you say
1: so? Yeah, I'd say so. Maybe we can do it for. A... Actually, I'm not sure when we could do an episode on Kavanaugh. <laughs> we got a um, bit of a lineup. Maybe when it's all yeah. over.
0: Yeah, maybe after
1: so. uh, after the FBI. A investigation. reflection
0: back onto what happened.
1: Yeah, yeah, we can well, do that.
0: We will. We'll see what happens in one week when the FBI is done and all that craziness. Uh. Okay. So. Who started off with opening statements last time? Was it you or me? Uh,
1: I don't remember. I, th- I I might have been you. We really might need to keep me. track.
0: Yeah, she tell.
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, it was you.
0: Okay, then Cooper, begin, please.
1: All right. On the topic. So, on the topic of Russian collusion, um, mm-hmm. I don't believe that there is a substantive basis uh, to believe that Russian collusion occurred during the election because there is no basis for what constitutes uh, or constitutes interference. If we are to believe um, unbelievable, uh, uh, untrue uh, ideas that Russia had a direct direct control over um, who actually won the election, which isn't technically possible. Um, Or if we're to believe that Russian uh, political advertising campaigns uh, were influential enough to influence an election, I think that is more of a reflection on the weakness of our current political system rather than uh, as a... uh, a signifier to take action against a foreign power. Is that all? I'd say so, yeah.
0: Okay. So, I see no, I just, I don't understand how some people can say there was no Russian collusion or how the Russians did nothing at all. And... The reason I say that is because there's been so much proof around. We've seen their Facebook, for example, has deleted several accounts related to Russian uh Russian accounts. Um there's also been several reports of um there's this I've I've heard from I don't know which news source, but I know this one news source, or there were like a few news sources that were saying that, like, in this one building in Moscow, it's just like this random inconspicuous um, office building in Moscow. There's this, it's filled with Russian, um, Russian, hackers. I wouldn't say hackers, well, I wouldn't necessarily say cyber hackers, terrorists. Oh, well, that's a bit of a trash. I'd say just people who are very proficient with technology, who have been able to influence a lot of people. And Russian there's also support. been... <laughs> Russian. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's been a lot of uh, visuals that we've seen of obvious fake news being spread by the Russians. Especially, you know the, um, that one story where this one guy... Goes into a pizza shop and shoots up the place. I mean, he didn't hurt anyone, but like, he brings a gun in there and like threatens to kill people because he read on Facebook that Hillary Clinton was running like some kind of child sex dungeon.
1: Ah, yes, Pizzagate.
0: Yeah, that was. It's like, and that was created by fake news from Russia, and I think they probably planned that because they knew oh people get distracted by it from the main point and stir up more controversy, because the Russians saw this as an opportunity to capitalize upon American weakness, to capitalize upon a time when America was moving towards political... I wouldn't say political radicalization, but we were moving towards... Polarization. The, yeah, definitely polarization. And they saw... Well, one, they saw that the candidate at the time... Um, now-president Donald Trump, they saw him as someone who, his rhetoric was very sympathetic towards Russia. He, they could see that he was taking a soft stance when it came to Russia. And they saw that Hillary Clinton was definitely someone who was against Russia, who would do anything possible against Russia, and would pose a threat against Russia. And they saw that Donald Trump would not be a problem for them. So what, the, so what it seems like will be the logical stance from the Russian is to influence the election in favor of Donald Trump or to create more controversy against Hillary Clinton in order to influence the American people to vote for Donald Trump, to, to vote for a candidate that they saw would be beneficial to them. I mean we've also seen different um, accounts – I mean, for one, Trump Tower meetings with Russian bankers and Russian lawyers, we don't exactly know what happened, but definitely something fishy in those meetings. So with the, cur- with the circumstance or the situation surrounding the 2016 elections, it is completely logical for the Russians to want to interfere to spread information, to spread controversy in order to disrupt the American political system. That's all I have to say.
1: All right. Um, So in response to that, I'd say that uh, you had mentioned that Russia did not cause any divisiveness or polarization, uh, but merely capitalized on it.
0: And I
1: I would argue that they haven't even necessarily capitalized on it, because if if uh, Trump is the uh, preferable candidate uh, for Russia's interests, uh, then I suppose Hillary Clinton would have uh, resulted in an all out invasion of Russia, because I can't necessarily point to any uh, standard or metric in which Russia has improved under the Trump administration their economy has worsened. Um, Trump has been taking uh, uh taken uh action to arm uh, Ukraine uh, a pro um government uh, Ukrainian militia uh, Ukrainian militias against uh separatist forces in Russia. Uh multiple sanctions have been placed on Russian oil. Uh I don't I don't necessarily see how um I mean perhaps his, perhaps his rhetoric isn't necessarily hard on Russia in, in the same sense that his rhetoric was hard on North Korea last year but I can't, I can't think of any way in which Russia has benefited or improved from uh, the election of Donald Trump uh, I I'd also Well th- well yeah
0: what I would say is it could I mean it could probably wouldn't be in the terms of harming Russia itself, but I would say when it relates to Syria. Relates to Syria. I would say because Russia has a deep interest in Syria. Mm -hmm. And it seems like with Hillary Clinton and her very aggressive stance towards intervention, she would have done something much more interventionist Um, In Syria. Mm -hmm. At the time.
1: And Trump is... While...
0: While the president has ordered missile strikes. and Airstrikes. They have been... It's been... Very... It's been... I don't want to say ineffective. But... Very minuscule support towards the rebels. Really? Because I would say... Hillary would definitely... I mean, the fact that Aleppo even fell to government forces, <clears throat> the, um, one of the biggest strongholds for the rebels, and, like, the currently... It's determined that the rebels are going to lose in Syria. There's no doubt. They don't have the supplies. They don't have the land. They don't have the support. And the Western... Well, the coalition forces are definitely not going to do anything without American unilateralism. Um, And I would say if Hillary was elected as president, she would definitely take a much more unilateral stance towards becoming more involved in Syria in a more confrontational stance with Russia. While so far the president has just ordered airstrikes and has in a way, I would say, stood back and watched what
1: happened. Um, Perhaps. But I wouldn't necessarily say that his interventionist policy was um, part of um, any... Part of any influence from Russia, it, that his interventionist policy wasn't a result of any collusion with Russia. It's a policy that he's had ever well, since.
0: Well, no, no, it's definitely his own policy. But the Russians, it would definitely have taken a logical step to influence the election because of his non-interventionist policy.
1: But I don't. Okay, what is our operational definition for influencing an election?
0: Cooper, okay. Whenever I say influencing an election, I don't mean the legalities of it. I don't mean like well, what I, the I, specifics. I don't, I, don't, I don't
1: even mean legality. <clears> what, are we, what, are we, what do we mean by influence an election? What does it mean to influence?
0: To influence an election is to spread false information or to spread information to dramatically sway how people feel to increase polarization and in a way, um, how should I say this? Make the situation, make the t- election much more controversial and aggressive from both sides.
1: Okay, so um, interference, we're saying, is the spreading of false, uh, or on... Influence is, as we're defining it, is the um, spread of false information for the purpose of uh, polarizing parts of the country.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, that can arguably, I mean, if we're operating under that definition, it's an arguable statement to say that every candidate in the election did that. Every you, candidate, at really? some po- every candidate at some point spread false information, inf- information that is blatantly wrong, um, That's in order to sway support true. towards them.
0: That's I mean, definitely true. But Trump not... did it.
1: Clinton did it. Sanders, uh, Stein, and uh, well, I don't know if Gary Johnson actually said any false information or if he was just
0: well, it was more scary or less Johnson. just didn't
1: know much of anything.
0: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, it was Gary Johnson. True, true. (laughs) Well, what I mean is that swaying people's minds and I mean, honestly, if I was Putin, I would do that. I mean, looking after Obama, what happened was the country was deeply split between two people who they would say would be the lesser of two evils. We have Hillary Clinton and even though even though I'm a Democrat, um, and even though I put that down as my voter registration, um, I still, I mean, I'm not that big of a fan of Hillary. I mean, like, I would have definitely said she was a much better president, but she would have definitely... She would have definitely... Her actions as president potentially could have been almost as controversial as our current president. But what I'm saying is, the political climate during 2016 was very split because a lot of people weren't going towards the extremes. They saw the two sides as the... Ex- the two candidates as the extremes of the two sides. And it made sense for foreign power that was, in a sense... Um, I'd say, declining in a bit. I'd say Russia was declining a bit in those stages of the early 2000s. To capitalize upon a very vulnerable time in America. And to cause destabilization within America. And to distract American focus away from the big global picture.
1: Um, I agree with most of what you said, except for um, them actually breeding the divisiveness. They didn't breed anything. The divisiveness has been here for Well, decades. no, of course
0: not. Of course not. But what I'm saying is they capitalize upon it and Morphed it into something. Well, they added on to divisiveness and morphed it into the monster it is today.
1: No, I don't agree with that. Russia had a, Russia had a minimal influence in doing that. No, no, no. You had the Russian the Russian bot accounts on Facebook. The the whole seven of them, which we are to believe had this tremendous influence on uh, voting behavior and it was were these big uh forces that were uh, uh destabilizing um uh, the uh, political landscape of the united states there were there uh, hundreds upon hundreds, hundreds tens of hundreds uh, probably hundreds of thousands of um of of facebook pages instagram pages that are were run by americans republicans and Democrats, who espouse the same rhetoric that these Russian bot accounts were doing. Like You you, you know this, Terry. You talk about this all the time on Instagram. The uh, the normie conservatives who, okay, uh, yeah. who uh, just espouse uh, Trump, who just espouse this Trump propaganda, which is the exact and espouse this rhetoric, which is the exact same thing that these Russian bot accounts were doing. So, uh, the, I mean, you look at the content that was posted by these bots, and then uh, content that was posted by a American-run uh, pro-Trump account, and the 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 two in terms of rhetoric and what they post, they're uh, indistinguishable from each other. So I, I sincerely do not uh, do not believe that a couple Facebook pages uh, were the great were, were the the um, I suppose the, the enzyme that's led to this uh, breakdown in cohesion toward in, in the political scene.
0: Okay, all right. then let's steer away from the online influences that Russia could have potentially had on the 2016 election, and let's discuss about the actual in-person meetings that the Trump administration had. There were several reports of um, Russian lawyers or Russian contacts that offered damaging information about Hillary Clinton. Um, additionally, we know that the Trump campaign directly met with Russians, um, presumably from the Russian government or Russian business owners. Um, And as we can say that, yeah, that's foreign influence. I mean, if you have Russian bankers coming in offering donations, then that's against the law. Um, And in a way, that's also Russian collusion. So the fact that the Trump administration even decided to meet with Russians dumbfounds me.
1: Well, this, because is the, they know, this is the Trump campaign at this point.
0: Yeah, the Trump campaign... Okay, fine. Yeah, the Trump campaign decides to meet with Russians. That dumbfounds me. Because they know that if the word gets out that they did, there's going to be a crazy controversy over it. People are going to say, oh, there's collusion. And it's not going to look good for them. And that we don't know what intent the Russians had when they, meet, when they met the Trump campaign... I'm guessing if it's a foreign power meeting up with the American political campaign, there's definitely something suspicious about that.
1: All right. Um, <coughs> if these Russian bankers and Russian uh, business owners uh, uh, board head, heads of uh, boards for various Russian corporations. And they were offering uh, campaign donations to then candidate Trump. Then yes, that's definitely an illegal act. We don't know whether that happened or not. Uh, we're not even sure whether uh, if there was actually any um, whether they did give uh, any opposition research to. I don't believe we know if they gave any opposition research to Trump, do we? Well, it, there's not, some... it hasn't been confirmed yet. It's yeah, suspected. It yeah. All right, suspected. but we do know that, uh, the Clinton campaign, <clears throat> uh, received though indirectly, um, uh, opposition research from Russia as well through, uh, the opposition research firm fusion GPS who was, prov- uh, who were provided, um, damning information about Trump, uh, from Russians, uh, and that, uh, Fusion GPS memo would later become the basis for uh, the FISA warrant against Trump campaign officials mm-hmm. uh, by the Department of Justice. So I'd see that as a, hundred, a, much, a much greater example or instance of Russian influence in our politics. And that, that, that's, that actually is influence in our politics. We had okay. Russia opposition research. Which we know now to be false. This is where the whole the the golden showergate came from—that Trump was having a, a Russian prostitutes pee on couches and beds. And, uh, that, which which we know isn't true now. Uh, but that was provided by uh, Russians uh, to this opposition research firm Fusion GPS, which was used by the DNC and the Clinton campaign, and became the basis for a FISA warrant against Trump officials. That is. Russian collusion. That is Russian influence in our politics. Uh, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So if those who claim to be against foreign intervention in our political process Mm -hmm. uh, and claim to be against Russian intervention, uh, then they should equally uh, oppose. Um,
0: Cooper, give me a sec. Um, Wait, I'm going to have to pause you for a sec. I think I have to, um, I have something to quickly deal with right now.
1: Yeah, that's cool. Okay, I'm back. What was the problem?
0: No, I had to quickly take care of something. Um, All right. Just busy work. Okay, what were you saying?
1: Um, I was saying that for those who oppose um, foreign intervention in our political processes, they should be more outraged by the fact that Russian opposition research was used as the basis for a uh, FISA warrant against uh, Americans involved in the political process. Mm -hmm. That's basically the... the, uh, the genesis of my argument mm-hmm. at that point.
0: Okay. Um so we're nearing uh I'd say we're nearing towards the end of our time uh for this podcast. And I think it's about time for us to go on with closing arguments. Um, Cooper. All
1: or, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um to dispel any possible future accusations uh, I am not in fact a Russian spy I have not been paid <laughs> by the Russians uh, my uh, my father was born in uh, Soviet controlled Poland so I have a great um, uh, what's the word a great disapproval and resentment of a uh, of russia and the russian government uh and i am in no way uh trying to uh cover up or uh act within the interests of the russian government i I am not a spy Uh, but i believe that the current accusations of russian collusion and russian interference in the election are baseless And used for the purpose of political expedience so that those who uh, oppose the current administration and the policies of the administration uh, can form some sort of basis for impeachment. And uh, should impeachment occur, then we have a a rather interesting uh, man to take his place. That's all. Oh that's all I'll say. <laughs> unless you, unless they can somehow tie uh, him into it, And he will. Then he'll be the president for oh the gosh. next couple of years. And I'm fine. I personally be fine with that. But. You'll be fine with tense? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's more of an uncle than Joe was. <laughs>
0: okay. Um. So. What I see is that Russia influencing the American election was an act of I would say clever geopolitical planning. Um, They saw that America is in a vulnerable time, as in all elections, that America was in a very extraordinarily interesting election, and that they could utilize the discontent, they could utilize the disarray, they could utilize the controversies between both candidates. And use it as a way to sway the American election into in favor of a candidate that they saw as suitable for them or as favorable or as less damaging for them. I mean, there's no doubt that the Russians did not like Hillary Clinton, and there's no doubt that Trump is doing much less than what Hillary Clinton could have done. And there's no doubt that, I mean, there's no doubt that Trump has definitely been much more, well, definitely is much more friendlier towards the Russians compared to what Hillary Clinton could have been. And, It all boils down to situation. It all boils down to the the climate of the 2016 election. The Russians saw an open window, and they exploited it. And, I mean, I'd say if the Russian collusion, the, um, the suspicions of Russian collusion are proven to be true, that, hey, I mean, they did well. They saw the opportunity And they did a pretty darn good job in screwing us up into into the administration that we have right now with the constant controversies, the constant White House disarray, the constant congressional deadlock that we see. And I have to say, this the 2016 political climate was the perfect situation for the Russians to come in to exploit and to utilize to their own advantage in order to protect their own skin. That's all. Um, so I guess that's a good conclusion to our podcast today. Thank you for listening. Cooper, do you have anything else to say?
1: Nope.
0: Okay. So, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week, next Friday, with a new episode. The topic is going to be on... Let me check here. It's going to be on the European Union. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, boy.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. Man. Oh, boy, indeed. Um, no, Americans we'll talking,
1: talking about... about the European Union. <laughs> oh, gosh. It's gonna Americans
0: be a... talking about Europe.
1: Yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh.
0: Oh, okay. okay. Dude. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: most Americans can't even point to a European country on a map. <laughs> oh, most Americans NATO don't know there where... All the time.
0: Oh, gosh. Oh, Oh boy. Okay. Well, that's going to be that's going to be a great topic to talk about. Um and then we will be moving on with um after that with much more interesting topics such as NATO, such as Puerto Rico, Ooh. possibly electoral college. I don't know. We'll see. We will. I think mean, Cooper's really happy about electoral college.
1: Oh, ah, yes, electoral college <laughs> and uh what was the one you had before that?
0: Um, Puerto Rico.
1: Ah, yes. Puerto Rico.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope everyone has a great day. Goodbye.